Hey, are you there? Nikki. Bing bong, bing bong. All right. Maybe it didn't work. Hello? Dang, I'm new to this. I thought I had it down and it's not working. Dang, it was for real glitching. Yes, that was a real glitch there because it just kept... um, the screen that came up when I clicked in was the one that like where you you want to start. I'm sure it's the screen that you get when you're uh, click this button to start a recording. That's mm-hmm. what kept coming up. If, if it wasn't like linking me directly to your call, and then when it did, it would just keep spinning. So I thought my phone needed to be restarted. Well, I am glad it's working now, and. I think it's kind of funny, though, because it was like, the article is called Glitching. We're going to discuss this article today with my very best friend, Nikki, and, or, I don't know, do you want me to say Erica White? Um, I know. Whatever, whatever you prefer, I answer to both of them. She she exists. She is one and the same. I thought it was kind of funny, actually. Like, so you That just- it glitched? That it glitched. Clicking. Clicking. That means this recording is supposed to happen. Period. So we, if you haven't already read the article, go to the website, check it out so that you kind of get insight on what we're talking about here. Um, The article is titled Glitching. Um, It's kind of a little insight on some of my personal journey for getting to a space that was a little healthier for me and understanding my own personal truth. Um, And I'm going to be discussing that article with Nikki today, uh, which is kind of funny because I was on the phone with her talking about the article and saying, you know, I really wanted to have somebody talk about the article who related to it and felt it. But when I think of you, I just, I mean, all I know the space that we exist in at this point is that you wouldn't relate to it and that like you would read the article and be like, "Mm, yeah, not relatable, but it kind of went a little bit different. What? It, why don't you tell them what, what happened? Yeah, because you said, um, you said, when I think about, like, this article is about, like, my journey on self-discovery, and you say, when I talk to you, I just get, like, this 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 emotion or this feeling that you're always kind of like, well, I already have my shit together. Like, I don't feel none of that. Like, because, and I was like, well, n- no, because I actually remember that space. I remember going like starting this self-discovery journey and it is I remember that feeling like I haven't felt that in a while until I read read your article I heard what you um heard what you were talking about or read what you were talking about in the article and it took me back to that place where I remember feeling that for the first time and so I by all means do not have my shit together it is just can we curse yeah. Girl, no. of course. <laughs> yeah. open face. I, be, I want you to be authentic. Be yourself. Be sure about that now. One <laughs> hundred. No take backs. No take backs. Um, I remember being. I remember being in that place, and so like, I by all means, like, do not have my shit together. I am still on this journey. Um, I would like to think that I'm not really any further and further in my journey than you are because like it's a continuous journey like it doesn't have it only has a beginning but it does not have an end from what I 
from what I've seen so far. Um, I mean, it was a few years ago where I remember having, it's like I woke up one day. I remember it so clearly. I woke up one day and I felt completely different. It's like the light had been off. And when I woke up that day, the light was on, like in the room and the room was who is Erica. And I, I knew, I knew who, that's when I started to, um, to know who I was. And so like, I don't, I don't have it together, but I remember that feeling of, um, that feeling that you discussed in your article of like, always doing things to please other people, to please the world, doing the things that like you think that um, society wants you to do, your parents told you to do, what TV told you to do, what your religion told you to do. And you begin to like live for those things. But I woke up that morning and I was like, I don't know, like I am Erica. And who Erica is does not necessarily believe all of the things that I've been told I started to ask myself why and that was and we've had this talk before Mm -hmm. where um we discussed I'm sure just one of our casual conversations on the phone and we started talking about who we are who we wanted to be um and having to ask why like why do I believe this and everything we did Every, every, like every part of the day, every part of your life, you do these things and you stop and say, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. And no, you'll say, like, and, and answer yourself because I, because, mm-hmm. so, but more often than not, when you answer yourself, it's always because my mama told me to, right? because that's what, that, well, that's just what I've always been taught. And one thing that I learned or one thing that I discovered um, during that time when I was um, just kind of discovering myself, I mean, every day was like an epiphany every day after that. And it was very exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very profound, which I'm sure the word epiphany indicates. <laughs> it was, <laughs> I mean, every day I was like, whoa. Yeah. And what I learned in, um, what I learned was everything circled full circle circled all the way back around to the golden rule like it was a first rule you learned mm-hmm. was to treat others as you would like to be treated and in my journey I have discovered that that's the only rule that ever mattered mm. and everything else on top of that was just things I learned that I had to ask why but that was that one that I was like this is the one right here this is the one that made life feel um less complicated yeah um made my inner self yeah feel at peace treat other people as you want as you want to be treated and I think I say it all the time like empathy equals world peace like if more people had empathy like it would be it just be a better world because I find myself and we've discussed this also is I find myself always thinking about other people and how they're going to feel if I do this and how they're going to feel if I say this, don't say that. But nobody gives me that. Mm-hmm. 
And so why am I out here living for all these people when all these people are out here living for themselves? I feel it. I 100% feel everything you were saying. I love it. Like you talk about it not being an end to the journey. It's, it really is a moving target. It, it doesn't, I mean, you, you always kind of feel like you're getting close to it and then the target moves. But honestly, I think that's okay because unless, of course, you're not interested in growth. I mean, as a human, I just, I feel like we're growing. It's growing every day. I feel like I am. And um, I like that absolutely. about myself. I absolutely love that I'm open to changing, growing, all of those things. So I think, you know, you, you mentioned some, some of the conversations that we have, just like me and you, um, and, and answering those questions, asking yourself those questions, like, where did I get this from? Who gave me this? This is my religious, my mama was a TV. And then stopping, not only just asking yourself that question, but stopping and answering the question and then deciding what you want to do with that from there. You'd be like, okay, wait, so do I like that? Do I like it? Right. Yeah, right. like, do I want to keep it? I mean, because sometimes I come across that position and I'm like, where did I get that from? Where, why I'm like that? And then I'd be like, oh, my mom did it like that. And such and then I stop and go, do I like it? Do I want to keep it? And sometimes I'll say, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll be like, no, I don't really like doing that. I ain't going to do that no more. And so, like, answering that question is also, I think, an important uh, part of it as well. Um, yeah, and just like school, to like, we want to, like, the people want an example mm-hmm. and I hate examples but because uh, when you when you want to give an example like right on the spot it's hard to come up with but we've had so many conversations about specific things where we're like why a question that we say why do I do this right and um let's see do you have an example the only one I could think of I'll tell you a funny one. It's not really like a life one, but this is like a, okay. a, a moment that I do remember when I was like, wait a minute, um, why I'm doing that, right? So one mm-hmm. day I was uh, boiling noodles for spaghetti and I just started pouring the oil in the the water. I had no idea why I was mm-hmm. doing that. I just saw my mom doing mm-hmm. it. I had no information about why I was doing that. And so my kid comes in and is like, why do you just put that, that oil in the water? And I was like, mm-hmm. Literally, I'm doing something and I don't know why I'm doing it. Like, I'm operating on earth as a human doing stuff yeah. that I have no idea why I'm doing it. And I'm just like, dang, I don't know. I was like, my mama did it. Stopped what I was doing, called my mama, was like, hey, why you put, I mean, now this was years ago, of course, by now I know. I mean, this was right. when I was like in my 20s. And right. I, I would call her and I was like, why you put the oil in the uh, water, <laughs> whatever. And she was like, oh, so they don't stick. I'm like, they don't have so non- stick together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I said, they don't have stick noodles. I read the pot like yeah. you're a Non stick noodles. Yeah. Non stick noodles. Like, whatever year it is, they should have that. But anyway, it was. I, I, I can't imagine that them fiber noodles, like, I can't imagine they even think about sticking together. Right. So I don't know. It, I mean, that's like not a, a life like moment, but it was a moment when I can actually say that I know I operated in a space where I was just out here doing shit and had no mm-hmm. idea why I just did it because my mama did it or I've done it because, you know, whatever reason my religion said you get married, you have a kid, you 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 have a career, mm-hmm. you do a thing like, you know, that those types of steps that just seem so robotic now looking back on it it's like what would I have done had I not had all that stuff being put into my head what if I would have never went to college I got more degrees than a thermometer don't even make sense ain't working for me I don't have a job nothing right y'all told me to go do all of that I did it and look at me now like what would have happened had you not put that in my head 
And so it goes so far, but I'm going to say, so there's one part in the article where I say, um, Oh, I was just going to bring that up. Okay. Yes. Because I, yes, because that's a, that's a good example that you discussed. And I've had like that thing. Okay. Well, go ahead. I was thinking, I I would just say like, um, I remember the girl when she said it, the way she said it to me, she was like, yeah, I saw you at that event or whatever. And you walked in there with that red lipstick on, like you run the place, like you all that or something like that. And I was literally listening to her like, okay, first of all, I definitely did not think that because I never want to draw attention to myself. Like it's something about me that makes me like not want to be center of attention, literally had eloped. So I didn't have to walk down the aisle because I was so nervous that everybody had stand up turn around look at me and I'm going to be the center of attention of all this stuff like so I know 100% sure I did not put the red lipstick on so that everybody would be like oh she all that she did like no I 100% did not do that and so why did she and, feel that way is what I was getting you know and so from that day on mm-hmm. I was like okay don't wear a red lipstick because it makes people feel this way even though I don't want to feel right. that way and so I'm, I'm curious about do you have a moment where you can remember I had that ex- because of something like that funny I have the exact same moment that has happened to me before it was the middle of the day I had on some popping red lipstick it was matte Ruby all, about town. Oh, all about girl, town was it all about town oh, or girl about town, town. What, is that red is, it, I like, is that red no, is it, no no Ruby no Ruby Woo yeah Ruby yeah. Woo. I had that Mac Ruby Woo. They oh, the girl about town. That's a pink, that's a pink one. one. Uh-huh. But I had on Ruby Woo too. Yes. Ruby Woo getting people in trouble, Ruby huh? Woo. <laughs> Ruby Woo get people in trouble. Like because I like popping. I'm talking about. I I remember I had on like um I had on like a little beanie cap. I had like some like long wavy hair. I thought I was cute. Like I put it on just because I thought red lipstick was cute, just like mm-hmm. you. But it was the middle of the day. I went into the mall to grab lunch and I was like oh I need to use the restroom I went into the restroom and there was um there was an older lady I mean like grandma older lady uh sweet and she she looked at me at the at the counter as I was washing my hands and she said baby she was like do you know what time it is so I'm thinking that like she needs to she needs the time I pull I'm looking like phone watch something to get this lady the time and I remember telling her like it was like 12 or 1 because I know it was midday and she was like you're not supposed to wear that color to after 5 mm-hmm. and and that happened that's a real story I believe <laughs> like, you and I was in, and after that I stopped wearing red lipstick until after 5 just because she told me that like I'm, I wasn't supposed to wear it to after 5 I um I don't remember if I questioned it at the time, I, knowing me, I definitely probably questioned it, but I came to the conclusion that uh, it was a working girl's color. That was a working woman's color. And you're not supposed to wear that color until the evening time. That was an evening color. Wow. And it gave the idea that I was a working woman to that, to that lady. To, to sweet old dear grandma, she thought I was Aww. I was a working woman, asking me like, "Baby, do you know what time?" But she only said that to me because that was said mm-hmm. to her at some point. Do you think those affect um, when moments like that happen? Do you think that affects other parts of 
your life, like other facets at work or um, do you think that it's caused you to like maybe humble yourself too much? And I, I, I use the word humble like specifically because uh, me and my other friend Kiki actually had a conversation recently about um, the word humble and what it means because I was kind of talking about creating this platform and you know doing everything I'm doing and trying to stay humble and not think I know it all because she was kind of reading my about me and like what the site does and all this stuff and and she was like you you're not you're not really going for it and I was like I'm sorry but I definitely feel like I am and she was like you sound like you scaling back and like you're not really giving it to them and telling owning it because there would be things like she would say you don't need to say I think I did She's like, you know, you know this stuff works. You've done it before or whatever, whatever. She was like giving me the business. And I was like, well, I'm trying to stay humble. And I just want to, you know, she said humble. Fuck humble. Humble is what? She's like, what yeah. got to do with She's it? Like, humble is something that they gave you to make you not be your full self. And I'm like, I know 100% that she is absolutely right. But I know, but I know that it's those mm-hmm. little bitty things that's happened in my life that that is, that's the not wearing the red lipstick. And I've done that a lot, I feel like with my career with like being in public spaces and stuff like that but do you think that like the moment with the grandma has affected other parts yeah like it affected like my um looking back like it it affected my uh how I I had this idea in my mind of when I went to when I report to work during the day the red Mm. lipstick was a no it affected it made it made me separate the way I dressed when I went to work versus the way I would dress somewhere else outside of work because I didn't want people to perceive me in a way like let's face it like I already had against me the fact that like I was a woman I was black like and I didn't want to appear intimidating I didn't want to intimidate others I didn't want people to feel like I was a threat and guess what what time you're talking about it even with mm. clear lip gloss on, even Tell with, it. like girl I was still a threat why because I am a force right. to be reckoned with like I was still a force I was still a threat I was still intimidating me like walking in in my in my workplace casual wear and my clear lip gloss and my very light makeup and my straight hair and still it didn't matter. Yeah. And so I knew it. I knew. Like, I don't think I knew in that moment. But when I started the self-discovery journey, when that, that morning when I woke up, I was like, girl, if you want to wear, you wear whatever you want to wear. If you want to wear this dress to work with like a small heel, honey, if they think you're sexy, they don't have anything to do yeah. with you. Like, I am not showing skin. I have on tight I don't have on hose <laughs> I don't have on sheer hose I have on black opaque tight if I am ruffling up your lusty right. spirit they don't right. have anything to do with me and if I am intimidating the woman the female boss anybody like I'm so sorry about your feelings on the inside of your body that your body's generating from your life yeah. journey. No, that's absolutely. I, it doesn't have anything to do with I me. Definitely. Uh, I remember tutoring. Uh, so with the math tutoring company, I basically before pandemic would go into homes. Um, and there were times like specific homes where the dad was there. 
where I'll be like, okay, I can't wear a skirt or I can't wear a sleeveless shirt or I can't do this because I was afraid of, you know, the mom thinking I was doing something to provoke her husband or something like that. And so I would always like overdress for certain homes. And I mean, I really had like almost a different persona depending on what home I was going to. And it had- You'd be sitting there like, I am so yeah. hot. <laughs> and like, I really was like, I mean, I remember the therapy session I had where I was kind of discussing that. And she like, so you make yourself uncomfortable so that someone else can be comfortable. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, I do. And then she's like, wait, I just kind of feel like you're doing the work on your side for yourself to be what's good for you. If that person has a problem with who you have become or who you are, they need to come and see me. Like they the ones who need therapy, me. you know? So it's like, I, you yes. start working on this journey of like getting yourself together and, and then you still start protecting these spaces and doing all this stuff. And it's just like, dang, I just want to move freely. And I think the liberation of societal norms to be able to walk and be your true authentic self is such a hard space when there's, you know, you feel like there's all these other people around that may be affected by your own personal liberation. Yeah, absolutely. So what are your thoughts then on, like, we both have daughters. We have kids that we happen to have some daughters included in the situation. And I speak specifically to daughters because we're speaking from a space of being Black, strong, powerful, intellectual women. And we're bringing up girls who enter into similar spaces. What are we, what are your thoughts or how are you navigating that space with your daughter as she is growing up um, versus like maybe the way we were brought up where, you know, we were some, like we said before, some of the stuff was given to us by parents, grandparents, church, religion, whatever. Right. And so we're now adults having to shed all this stuff that was given to us and deciding what we want to keep and blah, blah, blah. Like it's a work. We're putting in time to become just like our authentic self. Um, I know personally, I try really hard to just allow so much freedom in my house in general, boys and girls, to where they uh, feel mm-hmm. liberated from the beginning and that they don't have to shed that stuff. But we actually send them out into the world every single day where they encounter the people that we encountered. What is something, you know, maybe something... They feel, they feel, yeah, and so they feel, yeah, they still pick it up. And so you do have to prepare them to, you have to prepare their responses and not by giving them like some, um, some, some mm-hmm. script to respond or it, you have to... Um, you have to put that, embed that, you have to put it inside of them in the home um, through allowing them to express themselves um, as individuals. And it's hard, like it was hard. It's not so hard anymore. And you discuss that in your article of how like you second guess it. And still to this day, like I still second guess some stuff. Like, am I doing, like, am I jacking this kid up? Like, am I, but my thing is always, if I, I don't like the type of people that are out here in the world today. Um, And they were produced by a set of rules that the parents followed. And yes, yes, our parents did the very best that they could, absolutely, with what they had and what they knew at the time. They had their own set of battles to fight. Um, And so as we move into like a different generation and we become more aware 
of who we are, like as a society, which I, you know, I definitely think society's like advancing to, in the right direction. I always feel like this generation gonna be the one that just get it right. Um, but it's uh, so there's this okay, so there's one like there's mm-hmm. body image um, that I definitely like to bring up with my daughter. I want her. She walks around the house, and she likes to walk around in a pair of frozen Elsa Anna Olaf panties, and she and she and she likes her, her. She likes her frozen. She likes the character underwear, and she likes to walk around them. She don't like to have a shirt on. She don't like to have pants on. And I'd be like, girl, put some clothes on, put some clothes on. I have a 13-year-old son. I'm like, girl, put some clothes on, put some clothes on. You need to, you know, always have some clothes on. And then, just like we said, we ask, why? Why am mm-hmm. I saying this to her? Why do I want her? Because right now she is comfortable and she should be allowed to be comfortable in her home. But by telling her to put clothes on, what am I embedding into my daughter? I am telling her that in the future, and this is, I mean, I am skipping a lot of steps here, but in the future, if something happens to her sexually, she will say, society will tell her it was because of what she had on, it was because of what she was wearing, and she's going to say, this is my fault because my mom always told me to put some clothes on when I was in the house. And, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I don't, you know, it, it's hard. Like, that's still a hard space. That's the one that I still mm-hmm. struggle with is telling her to put clothes on. Like, out of habit, like, I feel like even when I see her, it makes me feel uncomfortable for her to have no clothes on. And, I mean, she's five. So, like, ain't nothing popping. Like, ain't nothing but a little mm-hmm. chest and some legs. It, it, she's just a body. But I am, by telling her to put clothes on, I am giving her body sexuality early. And I don't, and I don't want to do that to her. Like, and that part, that girl, she's so hard because that's the one I struggle with the most. But I remember watching, um, I remember watching the R. Kelly documentary, and you know how, you remember how I was, like, during that whole thing, like, that shit fucked me Mm -hmm. up watching that. Like, that shit was the hardest thing I've ever watched. I I mean, uncomfortable, like, not the hardest. When They See Us was definitely the hardest at Central Park. Like, that, that's something that I've watched, I would never watch, that I can't watch again because it was so hard to watch. But the R. Kelly documentary is is second. Like, I would not watch it again because it was so hard to watch. I couldn't watch part two. I didn't really watch part three. Like of all, I watched the the original series, all six, five or six episodes. But I could not watch like the reckoning, the whatever, um, because the first one messed me up. But I remember watching it, and uh, one of the um, what do you call them? Like uh, narrators? Are they narrators? I remember she was a, a cultural mm-hmm. activist or something. And she was, she, she stated in there and, it, and that resonated with me. She said, she brought that up. She brought it up. Uh, she brought up when our, when we were little, our parents told us not to put, uh, to put clothes on. Don't be walking around the house naked in front of when it's men in the house, you know, blah, 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 blah. And she said, she started to discuss the effects 
that that could have on your kids in the future um, with blaming themselves for their, for their, their, their sexual, because someone else's mind looked so someone else looked at them and thought of them right. in a sexual manner. But I had, but I, as a mama had already told her, I, am, I gave that to her early. Like, don't be walking around in front of this, in front of me with men in the house with no clothes on. So like, what makes it hard is that I, I have, I have the thought that I don't, I don't want to give that to her. What's hard is that we're not all on right. the same page as a society. So I can't stop like some man from looking at her. So like, I feel like I'm trying to protect her, but girl, I'm telling you, this yeah, is no, the I get it. And I think what's important. Uh, and I, cause I completely understand, especially when it's one that has been drilled into you for so long and you, and you also um, have certain experiences as a human to, that make you realize that, that those are quite possible ideas for some, for that to be the case. And so in your mind, you are just simply trying to protect her um, I think for me, especially with those types of situations, that's a really hard one. Um, probably on top of having that conversation is probably in my mind, I feel like what I what I do with my is making sure that we have an open dialogue because we cannot really prevent much of anything from happening. Right. Things that are that happen um, outside of our something we can control. Right. 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 So the thing not, is, yeah, at the end of us. the day, mm-hmm if for whatever reason that situation does end up happening, that there is an open, that you've already created a space in your home, that there's an open dialogue for your kids to come and say, this happened. And, and, um, you know, I I didn't like the way this felt or this, you know, to, to talk to you about what's happening. And I think the more open the dialogue is between, um, you and your kids or, you know, me and my kids or whatever, it's just like, they get, I think we can prevent some of those things from happening because, I think one of the ones for me is that um, like not talking back to adults, right? That's one of those things. Like, and so that, that, that's one of those ones where, one. but that creates a different space for dialogue, right? So now your kid has this idea that they can't talk back mm-hmm. to you, right? So if you create that as a thing, then a mm-hmm. situation happens, um, they aren't comfortable coming to you and telling you because you create a, a space that doesn't allow for that type of thing. Um, I think that, so while protecting on having the mindset of trying to protect and saying things like, Oh, you can put some clothes on or don't be walking around with a man. It's like understandable why you would do that. Um, but, and I love that you mm-hmm. bring up the body positive part of that. And that was the reason why you started the conversation about it. Um, I think that that's so important because you're, it's hard to pick which message you want to give to your kid, right? Girl, you, you be, be yourself, be right, free, be whatever. Right. No, 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 not this time though. Not with that. Don't do that. Put some clothes on. Though, no, right? like, put so some clothes on. Like, like yeah. Like, the kid is like, oh, I don't know what to do. Should I be, put some clothes on? Should I be free? You know, whatever. And so like, you have all of this yes. going on in the same space. But what if we were like, just talking more to our kids and like, saying you know the reason I say that I mean and I know she's five and so like people go there's all these age fucking segregation things that happen that bother me too because they're human that's the bottom line right they're small humans but their brains are fully equipped to understand the shit we're talking about as long as we don't treat them like babies from the beginning yeah we absolutely like yeah we don't give them enough credit like in the age of YouTube and stuff like these kids are way more equipped to handle things way earlier so it's just more about like definitely having conversation, open conversation to open dialogues and saying things like 
you know, if you ever feel uncomfortable with something happening, you know, make sure you talk to me about it, girl, you know, like whatever. People will have this problem with being friends with your kids. I'm like, why the fuck would I not want to be friends with my kids? Like, that's going to be their safe space. If I create this barrier where I'm mm-hmm. bigger or higher or some, some sort of hierarchy on the shit, then why would they ever come to me and be like, okay, I didn't like that this happened to me and so-and-so did this right. or whatever the case may be. I like, and I think I realize that I'm actually doing what I'm saying because the other day, um, I think it was Martin Luther King's mm-hmm. birthday, the weekend before, and the school was trying to teach uh, Brooklyn Monroe. Uh, she, she's in second grade. They were trying to teach her about the assassination of, uh, it started off with um, like how Blacks were being treated or whatever. Now, this is a non-Black person teaching my daughter this in her zoom class is over the internet so you don't even have the ability to check in see check her body language see how she's feeling about this but you're giving her all this information she leaves her class come to my room and she was like i ain't know that white people was you know she just giving me all the stuff that they telling her to go i ain't know white people was doing black people like this and that and the other and like you told me about this part but i ain't know this and this is what she's learning she leave out now i explain some of it to her and say mm-hmm. yeah yeah whatever she leave out go back in the room now he's talking about the assassination. She come back in the, in the room with me and she said, I am not comfortable with the conversation that's being had. My Her dad's birthday was January 18th. This year, Martin Luther King's birthday fell on January 18th. Her idea of January 18th was celebrating her dad's birthday. All of a sudden, there's this whole assassination thing going on. And she's like, I don't, that's not what I feel right now. I don't want to feel that emotion. And I email her teacher right then and there and it's like, uh, Brooklyn Rose leaving class right now. She is uncomfortable with the conversation. She does not want to talk about it anymore. You know, but the fact that she had the ability to come into me and not sit through something that was paining her and making her mm-hmm. feel a type of way, she came to me and was like, oh, I'm, I'm not comfortable. And in that moment, I'm like, okay, I'm doing the right work because she can come to me. Right. You do have those moments where you're like, yeah. I'm doing this right. I'm doing this right. Yeah, Yours is more profound. Mine is like my daughter coming in and giving me every single detail <laughs> of her bowel movement. Like, I'm like, yep, I'm doing it right. Our dialogue is open. Yeah, take the small, all the wins are wins. Like, I mean, I'm like, sister girl, too much. Yes. But thank you. But yes, let me help you. Nonetheless, like the feeling is very real. Like she wanted to share it. I let her share it in the open space. We talked about it. And um, and that's another thing too, um, of just allowing your kids, um, like treating their feelings like they're little people. And I can remember being small and like my feelings being discarded, they being swept under a rug, being um, being. Uh, in a sense being like just disregarded I think uh, not being treated as a real emotion mm-hmm. that I was actively feeling at the time and that's one thing like I was like I'm never gonna do that to my kids I don't care what they come to me and want to talk about I treat their feelings as a real feeling like I treat everything as that is what that's a feeling that they're feeling right now in this moment and it's a real feeling like even if like all the fluff around mm-hmm. the feeling like that's just smoke you know but like at the core of it there's like a real feeling down there at the base of everything that's happening that's playing out right now um and so yeah. I think we do have like these little checkpoints and and like where you where and it happens and you're like yeah I'm doing this right I'm doing this right and then there are the rest of the time you be yeah, like and I think, what am I doing what am I doing no, I, and that's fair <laughs> all, I'm doing this all right. moms probably feel that at some point it's interesting too though because I think we should say for sure that um when you decide to be open and free and allow your kids to speak freely 
kids to actually feel their emotions, some crazy ass shit gonna come up and you're gonna have to be like, uh, uh, okay, let me, I wasn't ready for that one. Those moments happen too. Like, I wasn't ready. Yeah, like that yeah, happens, but I think, you I know, know, it's really important. Yeah. Like for me, I, I have to remind myself, like, cause a lot of times, you know, you, you snap even sometimes it went when before I was on this journey I would snap at certain things that they would say right and like why you ask you know why you asking that question no, I say so and all those types of things right like but that's not giving them that freedom and so all of a sudden my kids don't have me doing that to them and the shit that come out their mouth now I just be like oh okay yeah I mean you know what you were feeling that yes that's great um I'm glad you're sharing yes. like I'm like oh down. <laughs> My is like, oh my god like I remember this time uh I remember this time uh my son came to me and he's like mom I think I have a pubic hair <laughs> like can you check and I was like mm, that's gonna be a no-go for me son like I'm like yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not checking for pubes I'm sorry like I was like but this is what they look like and if you have one if there's a hair down there you officially have a pubic hair welcome to puberty yeah. Okay. yeah so it I don't know like uh really important I mean this conversation has been great first of all let me say I think that um the main focus you know especially when we talk about um glitching the article um taking those moments and now transferring them into spaces that allow a better space for our kids so that they don't have to go through their glitching moment where they're deciding whether or not um you know are they okay for society you know is this thing yeah like where they I know you mentioned in the article, like, you don't want to have to have your kids to uh, have to go through the, what we're going through right now of unlearning. I, you want their, uh, and I don't know if it's, I don't necessarily know if it's, if it's possible. Like, I don't know what it's going to look like. Like, can I raise my kids in a manner to where they never well, have no, to unlearn some things? Like, do they, um, like, we're up the point like I guess our point is or what our objective is and what we're doing and how we raise our kids is to make self-discovery seamless for them yeah and I, or I'm e- 100% at least easier sure they'll have to unlearn some shit because most of our kids go to public school they learn you know like whatever they experience society and all kinds of stuff in any way but I think when we're talking we're saying specifically as we go through our list of unlearning shit it's like I unlearn some religious shit I do unlearn some par- some stuff I got from my parents you know, from society, whatever, we're just hoping to to lessen the amount that has to be unlearned from shit I gave you. I don't mm. want to give you my past. Yeah. I don't want to give you my experiences as truths. I want you to have your own experiences. I basically present information to my kids most often. And I say, this is what happened to me. This is what I've seen. This is what I know. Do with that information what you please. Because it is up to you to make that decision. Right. I don't want it to be like, my mama made me, my mama said, you know, I, I want you to have information. Mm-hmm. And there's the freaking internet now, mm-hmm. like there's so much stuff, you know, and it's like, you don't, I don't have to tell you what to do. I don't have to give you the step by step anymore. And if the thing, and if you want that, guess what? I'm here and I will support whatever decision you make. And like, that's yeah. the most important thing is that, you know, I'm in your corner and you know, I'm available. So if you have more questions, if there's anything else I can help you with, um, I don't want to make the decision for you, um, but I'm open to like dialoguing and talking it out and figuring out what's best for you. Um, and I think that's ultimately right. what we're saying here. Um, the point of glitching was to really speak my truth. I think um, I really wanted this uh, episode to 
be an exploration of what's to come with Latanya Coleman Carter. Um, the idea is to have an open space where moms get to talk, vent, be free, get peace of mind, grow, you know, be, get encouragement, know that you're not alone. There, there are others of us, like we're not alone. This is Nikki and I talking, but I, if anything resonated with you, you understand that you have a tribe and that there are other people who are experienced in similar situations as you and um, that this place is a safe space for you to to come to at any point. Um, I would like to thank Erica, as she calls herself, I know her as Nikki, so um, for coming on today and for even taking the time out to read my article. As a friend, I feel like, you know, a lot of times my friends get overworked in the space of my brain because I'm always talking about this stuff to them. And so to have her actually stop to take some time out of her day to read the article, come on and talk to me about it. I really want to say thank you for that. And I am 100% sure you guys will hear from her again because it's really one of my very best friends. Um, there's not many people I give that title to, and she is definitely one of them. Um, so thank you, Nikki, for coming on today. you have any final words? Um, I actually do have um, another example that I definitely wanted to share about how you can definitely embed like some things into your children. You can do all these like these positive body images and be free uh, with who you are and true to yourself and you are the bomb. And the other and, and it's still like you come uh, you, you'll have this situation where you're just kind of like, wait, what happened? other mornings it's very recent the other morning I was getting dressed and I think I must have put on some like some little black booties with like a little like a I had on like uh I had on like a like a skinny pair of jeans maybe and I was going to work which is you know very casual and um I had a cute jacket on I think and so my daughter walks into the bathroom as I'm getting dressed and she goes Oh, wow, mom, you look fancy. And I was like, thank you. She said, you're going to work? And I was like, yeah. She was like, oh, no, you can't. Like, that's too fancy. Like, you're going to get to work, and then all of these people, are they going to be in there, and you're going to look fancy, and they going to want to look fancy, and they not going to be looking fancy, and you ain't going to have no friends. <laughs> and I was like, who's been undoing yeah. my work? I was like, what? I was like, oh, no. I was like, listen. I was like, so what you, I said, so what would you have me do right now? And she's like, you need to take some fancy clothes off. I was like, so you want me to dress all homely so that when I get to work, I'll have friends? I was like, oh, no, sister girl. See, that's not how this works. You put on whatever you want to put on. And if you want to, and if you have friends, then those are the people that are your friends. And if there are people that think that you look too fancy and they don't want to be your friends then they don't have to be your friends you don't need them and trust me you don't want them and so it was just a testament in that moment it was twofold because she came to me and she said look like you can't be um you can't be fancy because you're not gonna have any friends but in in what she said I also heard her say um, 
that they gonna want to be fancy too. Mm-hmm. So like she understood where where it would come from. Mm-hmm. Was that they wanted like the reason that they was gonna do that, they weren't gonna be your friend was because they wanted to be fancy too. So it was twofold. It was kind of like, okay, okay, but wait right. a minute. And so it just definitely happens that like you can do all like as much as we do um to change the um to change how our kids view themselves and um how the world how to react when with when they receive these messages of how the world feels about mm-hmm. them they can still be a, they're they're still affected and it's hard to know what yeah. to say in that but what's important is that as a parent like you recognize like in that i mean instantly like it comes mm-hmm. with practice instantly i was like wait a minute what are you saying? And, and we had to stop and have and have a conversation about it. I that. love it. That's a perfect way to end the episode. Um, it's so important. It's so cool that you recognize that because uh, there's been so many moments for me as well where uh, the school has called me in and, and used certain words to describe my daughter. And it'd be like, she's, you know, strong-willed and really outgoing. And I'm like, you want me to take all of those things away from her because they don't fit your agenda right now but then later in life as society you want me to give that back to her and this is like one of those things right. where it's like society gives you stuff causes you to become something else and then later it's really a good quality to have to be fancy to know what fancy is to know what's going to happen you know what I mean and so good for you as a mm-hmm. mom that you're able to recognize that now and to work uh, towards it in a different way instead of like shutting it down or you know that conversation that you had with her is yeah. very important I love that you shared that at so much. I'm glad we were able to get that comment in because I, I hate to. I'm glad we didn't like yeah, end it. I know it didn't happen because guess what? The glitch. This thing literally keeps glitching on us. Glitching. You know what? It's assimilation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we always talk <laughs> like, about being aliens and like not being from here because people don't understand us or whatever. Yeah. Come rescue me. Um. So I think it's really kind of funny that it keeps glitching. So I'm going to leave all the glitches in the podcast because it works. So anyways, uh, I'm glad you shared your final words. And um, yeah, no problem. And thank you for having me on too. Like I, um, it's, it's always nice to, uh, it always feels like a little, it's therapeutic at times to like be able to talk and to um, get some things out, share my experiences with um my self journey because without my self journey, I'm um, in, in knowing who I am, it's hot, like giving what I need to give to my kids. Like that cannot happen without the yeah. self journey. And so absolutely my pleasure um, to assist yeah. you with this, um, to share yeah. my words and my thoughts and my, in my experiences. Um, I appreciate it. Um, and I want to let you know that you are doing an amazing Aww, job with your kids. Cause I don't know if I ever tell you that, but like you are, you're doing an amazing job with your kids. I love your openness. I love your freedoms and I love who you're becoming. And so you just keep, you just keep moving forward and we just going to be out here being, being who we are. Well, I'm glad you were open to being vulnerable. I mean, there's uh, this is a space that, I mean, people listen and hear this and your ability to be 
vulnerable and open is important to the lives of so many black and brown women um, mothers who are going through the same stuff that we're going through and just being able to have a place where they can say dang so somebody else get it because I have those moments all the time I'm like you know I'm talking about something and in my mind I'm thinking I'm the only one going through this this is only happening to me and then all of a sudden somebody else be like this so-and-so thing happened to me I'm like what I'm not the only one and I know people like to call it misery loves company but I don't feel like that I feel like I'm just glad to know I'm not alone so yeah there's someone out there that can relate uh can relate to what you're going through because like when there's somebody else out there they can you know share some of their experiences and and it does help to have someone who's gone through similar things or they're going through it and they can, you know, provide you yes. some guidance. Well, well, well. Or well, comfort. I think uh, we did it, though. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> we did it. All right, so tune in for the next article conversation. And I'm so glad you guys joined us, listened to some of us, some of our uh, shit talking a little bit and adventures, experiences. Um, anytime you feel like this, any of this resonated with you, please feel free to go to the website and check it out. See how I can help you on your journey. Thank you. Yes. Never a dull moment. Bye.